message. It's not bad. It's just an adult-themed message. And so it talks about purity and it talks about sexual purity. So if you're uncomfortable with your child being in here, I want to give you a warning right now. But I want to talk about this because this is something the enemy tries to destroy from us and take from us and rob from us. And so if you look in Genesis chapter 39, Genesis chapter 39, remember we're talking about um, the test that Joseph had to go through to, to fulfill his divine destiny. Every one of you, every one of us in this room have divine destiny. Amen? All right, say, I have divine destiny. Destiny. Alright, so God has a great plan for your life to do great things. Amen? Come on, amen? amen? If you've been here long enough, you know that I believe that and, and I want you to live it out. Your job is not just to get a job and to survive and hopefully get a golden parachute or, or have a nice house. That's all great if you have all that. God bless that. But you're here to touch other people's lives. Amen? Okay, your job is to know God and make Him known. And so with that... Joseph had a great destiny. Now, as you know, Joseph had some issues. He had pride. He was cocky. He had to get broken down, unfortunately, so God could use him. But today I want to talk about a message that you and I, we skirt around a lot, but the world just puts it in our face every day. Okay, so here it is. Genesis 39, verses 7 through 12. If you're listening, just go ahead and if you have your Bible, uh, I want to read just part of uh, uh, verse 6 in Genesis 39. It says, Now Joseph was well-built and handsome. In other words, he was a good-looking man, like a, like a Brad Pitt or a Denzel Washington, okay? He was a good-looking, all right? Smile, okay? So he was, he was good-looking and well-built in verse 7. And while, after a while, his master's wife took notice of Joseph and said, Come to bed with me. But he refused. With me in charge, he told her. Uh, but he refused. With me in charge, he told her, My master does not concern himself with anything in the house. Everything he owns, he has entrusted to my care. No one is greater in this house than I am. My master has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then could I do such a wicked thing and sin against God? And, and, and though she spoke to him day after day, he refused to go to bed with her or even be with her. One day he went into the house to attend to his duties, and none of the household servants was, were inside. It was inside. She caught him by his cloak and said, come to bed with me. But he left his cloak in her hand and ran out of the house. Father, today, speak to us about what your scripture says about biblical purity. Father, we are in a sex-saturated society. And Lord, it is destroying people's lives in the church and outside of the church. Lord, help us to be holy and pure people who live according to your purpose. Help us to pass the purity test so we can fulfill your divine destiny. Lord, we love you and we thank you that this today this message is a redemption message because we know some of us have dealt with this. Everyone of us in this room deal with this temptation. So Lord, help us to know that no one is guilty here. No one is perfect. No one is judging. But you're here to redeem us and to strengthen us during this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Alright, so, so this is an adult-themed message. We're talking about sexual purity based on the Bible. And again, you know, you, you hear this... Uh, Every day, you turn on the TV, you, put it, you, you click on the internet, uh, the radio, the music, it's just, it is just evil, right? Come on, it is taking something God has made beautiful and it's made it perverted. Would you agree? And so in the church, we kind of, we shuffle around it and, you know, we, we don't talk about it. And I remember as a kid watching the Ten Commandments with my dad. Remember that old, on TV? And, 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 the, and you know, God was saying to Moses, through the Ten Commandments, thou shall not commit adultery. And I remember I was just a young kid, turned to my dad, Dad, what is adultery? He said, son, we'll talk about that later. The next year, Dad, what is that? And so eventually, I, I, you know, as I get older, moms and dads, you have to teach your kids about sexual purity. Amen? Because if you haven't noticed, 
TV and movie stars and radio stars and sports stars, they're not teaching your kids about that. Right? They're teaching the opposite. Right? Some of you are like shocked. Oh my goodness, I come to church and have to hear this? Yes, you need to hear what God is saying. Amen? God created us to be physical, emotional, intellectual, sensual, and spiritual beings. And He made us to function and enjoy every aspect of our lives. Amen? So with much prayer and trembling, I have sought on my face and said, God, I want to be pure and holy, and I want this message to change us today. So the first thing is this. The purity test, number one, write this down, the purity test, sexual stewardship. We have seen scandal after scandal involving politicians and unfortunately pastors stating that their scandal has nothing to do with their character. And I want to, I want to talk about that for a few minutes. It's wrong. It has everything to do with their character. You see, sexual immorality has everything to do with character. Character is very important to God. Say character is important to God. And if we fail in this area, it's most likely we're going to fail or be deceptive in other areas of our lives. Amen? So listen to what the Word of God says. So if we want to walk and fulfill God's destiny, we have to get control of this part of our lives. Every one of us are tempted. Many of us have fallen. No one is pure and holy and, and righteous and perfect. That, that's impossible except through Jesus Christ. But with this gift, we must be good stewards. Young teenagers, young single people, unmarried people, married people, moms and dads of all ages, adults of all ages, we have to be good stewards of our sexuality. Amen? Amen. Come on now, you've got to listen to this. Luke 16.10 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much, and whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. God is watching everything we do. I don't mean to get you. I remember growing up in church and the pastor, you know, God is watching you. Be sure your sins will find you out. You know, I was like, oh my goodness. You know, I, oh, I took something out of my brother's room. I'm going to go to hell, you know. I don't want you to live like that, but I do want you to know God is watching everything that you do. Every TV show you and I watch, everything we click on the internet, every conversation, uh, all the stuff that God sees all that. He's not there to condemn you, but He says, I want you to be free. Don't be like the world. Be what God has called you to be. Amen? So we have to be good stewards of everything that God gives us. And this is an area, come on, the church never talks about this. Come on, right? This is going to be good. Amen? Oh, amen. Somebody like, oh my goodness. You see, this is not just something some pastor made up, some preacher. Jesus said this. He said, I'm watching you and everything that you do matters. And, and understand this, because a person who is immoral in this area of their life, they will be immoral in other areas of their lives. Come on, this is truth. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican, I don't care what color you are, I don't care where you're from. If you're immoral in this area, you're going to be tempted to be immoral in every aspect of your life. Come on, that's good preaching. Amen? I didn't come up with this. Jesus said that. And you see, our sexual conduct does matter, and it matters to God. And you see, character is a foundational issue. If your character goes, the rest of your house goes. Do you have that? If our character goes, the rest of our house goes. And if our foundation is bad, everything else will be bad. And it's sad to hear our society say, it doesn't matter what you do in private. It doesn't matter you're, you're this. And, it, and it's such a lie because it does matter. Why do we see pornography on a rise? Why do we see human trafficking on a rise? It's because we're saying it's okay, but it's not okay. Amen? What is done in secret comes out in public. Don't hear the devil's lie anymore. Amen? You see, in God's kingdom... Character has everything to do with fitness for your destiny and for your leadership. 
And here's the good news. If you and I fall in this area, God is a redeemer. I love that Cherie said that, and it was really on my heart this week. God is a redeemer. He wants to redeem us from the ways of the world. He wants to purify us and He wants us to enjoy all that He has. Amen? But if we persist in the world's immorality, we will not be able to fulfill our divine destiny. Now here's the cool news. Joseph passed the purity test with flying colors. He had this one down. I mean, he had the pride issue. Remember the coat and look at me, I'm better than you and all that. I mean, he was a good looking young man, right? Well built, you know, and he, he didn't have to take vitamins. He just, God blessed him. Don't you hate when God blesses people like perfect teeth, perfect hair, and they're just like, you're like, get away from me. Just, I'm just kind of lightening the mode a little bit. We see Joseph, listen, why did Joseph pass this test? Because he predetermined that he was not going to let this area fall in his life. You see, a lot of us, we think, well, you know, Joseph was a great man. Joseph had issues. How did Joseph, Joseph predetermined, I am not going to allow this to happen. How are we going to get over this? Well, you have to say, God, with your help, I am not going to allow this area to destroy my life. Amen? Because you see, then it says that Joseph was tempted day after day after day. Joseph predetermined there was no hesitation on his part. Everyone, everyone's honor was in mind. He said, I'm going to sin against God. I'm going to sin against myself. I'm going to sin against my master. I'm going to sin against uh, 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 my master's wife. I'm going to sin against my future generations if I don't get control and watch over this area. Amen? Here's what the Bible says. 1 Corinthians 6, 18-20 says, Flee. What's flee mean? Run. It says, flee from sexual immorality. Turn off the computer. When they start talking about their dirty jokes at work, you need to get out of the room. Oh, you're, yeah, you're a prude. I'd rather be a prude in heaven than have my marriage and my family and my ministry destroyed because I did not predetermine to say no. Amen? Flee from sexual immorality. I don't have time, but it says honor God with your body. We must get back to the teachings of the Bible. Genesis 39.9. I'm not going to read that. It's there for you. But... but Joseph said, how can I sin against God? How can I sin against my master? It's a sin against God. It's a sin against you. It's a sin against the other person when we fall. And I know the world tells you all that. You can do what you want. You have your rights. It's your body. No preacher can tell you what to do. Maybe we can't. But you're destroying your soul. You're allowing the world to make decisions for you. Yes, you're human. Yes, you have that desire. God put that in there. But he put it in the context of a marriage. And there's no perfect person here, but God wants you to enjoy that in that context. Amen? You see, there's a problem because we have this thing, it's called the Ten Commandments. In Deuteronomy, I don't have time to go there, but write this down. Deuteronomy 5, Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 21. Deuteronomy 5, 6 through 21. These are the Ten Commandments. And one of the Ten Commandments, at the, at the, the very last one says, you should not covet your neighbor's wife, their house, their donkey, Whatever, you're not to covet your neighbor's stuff. Oh man, she's hot. Or man, he is like the baby boy. Mm, you know. The God, God says don't do that. You see what I'm saying? Pastor, you're crazy. What's wrong with you? I'm just repeating stuff that I hear from you. I'm just kidding. I hope you don't say this. But, but you see, we need to get back to the Ten Commandments. Moms and dads, you need to teach your kids the Ten Commandments. Don't covet after someone else. Amen? We are not animals that cannot control our bodies. Yes, you can fall into the bonds and it's harder, but God has not made you an animal. Amen? You're special. Amen? Are you doing good? Come on, let's get real. Dealing with sexual temptation is just part of life. 
No matter how old you are, how young you are, doesn't matter if you're married or single or whatever, it's a thing that the devil's going to throw at us every day. Amen? Remember, though, the path of obedience will not make you fall if you follow God. Say, I'm going to follow God. You're going to make mistakes, sure. But you say, God, I want to follow you. But if you continue down that road, you're not going to go down the path of blessing. The second thing, listen to this, okay? The second thing, impurity begins in the eye, not the heart. Now, I know you might have to argue with me, and I kind of, when I read the book, was talking about this. I understand what the author's saying, the pastor's saying, because it, the, Jesus said it, that we defy ourselves from, from within. But listen to what I'm going to say, okay? In this area, since lust is in the mind, in the heart, it might be easy that it assumes that it comes from the heart. But impurity, if you think about this, actually begins with looking. Right? Okay, so let me, let me say this. How many of you said, uh, you go looking at a car, I'm just looking, and then what happens in a few months or a few weeks? You buy a car. Or, you, you know, like me, I'm tempted with tools. Or, you know, like right now, I, I absolutely need a brand new silver godly barbecue grill. Okay? I need it. So sometimes I go to the home stores and I'm like, oh, I, I start looking. I'm like, no, I can't right now. It's, it's not on our budget, so I've got to get away. I rebuke you, Satan, even though I need that tool. But you see, if, if I continue to look at that, what's going to happen? I'm going to buy it. And just like that, in this area of immorality or temptation, when you and I see a pretty girl or, or, or a handsome young man, and it's okay to look, say, you know, that's cool, God made a beautiful person. But then if we keep like looking at that person, what happens? Oh, I'm just looking. 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 Wow. Do you see what I'm saying? It begins with looking. And, and it's okay. So, wow, that, they're good looking. Or, wow, he's handsome or she's beautiful. And then it's okay. I've got to move on. Do you see what I'm saying? Lust begins in the eyes, not in the hearts. And what happens is if you continue to look, you're going to invite lust into your heart. You're going to begin to say, you know, I, I just can't help it. God has many beautiful creations. He does. All of you are beautiful. You're handsome. You're good looking. Thank God for that and then move on. Amen? It's hard. I know that. You see, unfortunately, David, David's sin of adultery began when he looked. You know that. In fact, he got up on the roof. He was supposed to be out with the soldiers. He gets up on his roof and he sees this young lady bathing. How long did he look? Why did he look? I don't know, you know. But, but he, he didn't turn away. Because then the next thing, he then falls and he, he destroys her marriage and has her husband killed. And then his life begins to tumble down. You see, now here's the good thing about Joseph. Joseph didn't fall again because lust was not in his heart because he watched his eyes. In fact, Job says, Job says in 31.1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to lustfully look at a girl. You can interchange guys if you want there, ladies. Job said, God help me to keep my eyes looking straight ahead and not lustfully look at another woman. You have to ask God to help you. Amen? Well, I, I can look and enjoy God's work of arts. I, it won't do anything. It, it will if you keep looking. We've already talked about that, right? If you look too long, you're going to buy. So if you're not in the market for the adultery, then don't look. Don't lust. Don't go to the adult bookstore. Don't go with your friends. Hey, we're going to go away for the weekend and we're going to enjoy. And you know what that means sometimes, right? Just say, you know what? I, I'm not going to be able to do that. What, are you like holy this? No, I'm, just, I, I'm not going to do that. Amen? Don't go down the magazine aisle. You see, because before immorality occurs, there is lust. And, be, and before lust is stirred up, there's looking. 
Matthew 5.28, I'm going to get off of this in a second. Matthew 5.28, I tell you that anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Proverbs 27.20 says, Death and destruction are never satisfied, and neither are the eyes of man. So ask God to help you. There are two important truths here. The importance of honesty and the importance of accountability. Men, we, ladies, if you haven't figured this out, we are sight-stimulated, more so than you. You, you takes chocolates, flowers, nice words, and men, we can work on that. But guys, we're sight-stimulated, mostly. And, and some ladies are too, I understand that. But ladies, help us out. And men, if you're married, be honest with your wife. Say, I'm struggling in this area. Because you've got to get this down because the devil wants to destroy it. And then, if you're single, and all of us, you should get an accountability group or partner. Men with men, women with women. Amen? Okay? If you're not accountable to someone besides your spouse, if you're a man you need, and you're married, you need to be accountable to another man or a couple other men. That you can hold each other accountable. Ladies, it's the same thing. You need to be accountable to some other ladies that they can ask you some tough questions. How are you doing? Are, are, you know, what's going on in your life? Are, are you slipping? Are you strong in this area? And not as a judgment, but as a, an accountability group. I see too many Christians fall. Unfortunately, I've seen some pastors and friends of mine that are not in the ministry today because they were not accountable. Be accountable. Amen? Number three. Let me move on. Number three. Impurity will affect your family. If someone tells you that impurity will not affect your children, that person is deceived. You see, our children will be affected if we allow impurity to become part of our lives. David's children, King David's children are proof of this. In 2 Samuel 13, don't turn there, but his children were affected. I, I don't have the... Ah, write this scripture down. Exodus 34, 6-7. I think I have it. Write this down. Exodus 34, 6-7. It basically said God extends His mercy on, on the family, but if the family... At the end of it, it says that yet He does not leave the guilty unpunished. He punishes the children and their children for the sins of the father, the third and fourth generation. So if you have a, a struggle in this area, it's going to affect your kids. Get a hold of it now. God wants to redeem you now. He wants to set you free from it now. Amen? Here's the good news. God made a way for us to be freed. Isaiah 53, 5 says, But He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon Him. And by His stripes we're healed. In other words, God can help you with your thoughts, with your eyes, and with your temptations. Amen? That is awesome. So don't think that you're judging and I'm judging you. Think that God can set you free. Amen? Jesus will set you free. Everything you need is in Jesus. Amen? Come on, amen? Number four. Number four. Impurity. Listen, impurity is always lust and not love. Potiphar's wife did not love Joseph. Right? Because if she really loved Joseph, she wouldn't have lied. Because you know the rest of the account. Joseph gets, gets falsely accused. He goes to prison for ten years. If he really loved her, if she really loved her, him, I'm sorry, she would not have lied about him and she would not have allowed him to sit in prison for ten years. Lust is selfish. Come on, lust doesn't care about other people. Lust doesn't care about the spouse getting hurt. Lust doesn't care if the kids get hurt. If you allow lust in your life, it will take over your life. And we're bombarded by it every day, friends. Come on, every day. We're, the billboards, the magazines, the TV ads, the TV shows, it is in our face 24-7. And you have to say, God, put a guard on my heart, on my mind, on my thoughts. Help me. Help me, Father God. Because if I'm not careful, I will fall into this. And it's such a selfish thing. You see, sexual morality has negative consequences. Those consequences bring great pain and heartache. 
And no matter how often you hear people say, it doesn't matter what we do in private, it does matter what you do in private. Because it always comes out in public. How many pastors, how many politicians, how many leaders do we have to see fall before we believe that? And maybe some of us in our own lives. Amen? Teens and young people are under a lot of pressure to say, you know what, it doesn't matter what you do, it does. Everything you do matters. You see, there are some of us in this room that are a little bit older than you. We would come to you and say, listen, don't start that because it destroys lives. Don't do that. Or it can be anything that we, maybe we started when we were cool and thought we were cool hanging out with the right people and they put us down a wrong path. Don't listen to lies of your friends that think they're cool if they're being destructive. You see, all impurity involves deception. All impurity involves deception. Listen to this. I know this is going to be tough. Sexual, pre, premarital sex can open the door to dissatisfaction with sex in a marriage relationship. Okay? You see, because what happens is there's a sneaking around, there's an adrenaline rush, there's this, ooh, it's, it's forbidden love and it's fun. And what happens is once you get married, then it's just, there's no sneaking around. And so this sneaking around bug is in you and it has to be fulfilled. And if you don't get it right, then what happens? You begin to look to sneak around outside of the marriage. And you know I do that whole thing about the piece of paper and a piece of heart that every time you give yourself to another person, you're tearing off a piece of your heart. And, the only, and, then you, and if you continue to do that, you only have a small bit to give to your future spouse. So don't let the world lie to you. Amen? No one is here to condemn you. Number five, let's move on. Impurity will affect your relationship with God. And this is where the devil wants to destroy your life. He wants to cut off your communication line with God. He wants to destroy your relationship with God more than anything else. How do you know, Pastor Dan? Because if you watch TV and you read the stuff on the internet, you cannot tell me that the devil is not trying to destroy us. Come on, amen? Your family relationships are not the only ones affected. Your relationship with God can be affected. Why do you think the devil attacks us so much in this area? You see, immorality always involves us and immorality always involves deception because it's a sin. God tells us not to do it and so we, we deceive ourselves. Well, I can do it and get away with it or no one sees me, but God sees you. You see. The person you're involved with, they see. And the Bible says in Galatians 6, 7, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. The one who sows to please a sinful nature from that nature will re- re- reap destruction. And the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit, he will reap eternal life. God knows what we're doing all the time. You can't hide from God. He's not up there saying, I'm going to beat them senseless. He's like, please don't do that. Please don't destroy your future. Amen? He cares. He, he created us as sensual beings. He wants you to enjoy it. But you and I cannot be involved in impurity without affecting our relationship with God. John 8.44 talks about the devil is a liar and he's a father of lies. He's going to lie to you all the time. If it feels good, it's okay. It's just natural. You were born that way. You were born with an intimacy desire, but you weren't born to, di- to disgrace God. You weren't born to believe the lies of the devil. Amen? Young man, young lady, it says you have to be careful. Psalm 66.18 says, If I've cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. Proverbs 28.9, God detests the prayers of a person 
who ignores the law. In other words, you say, I love God all the time, but you're doing this thing, you're ignoring God's law. It's either all of God or none of God. I know you don't hear much of that today. It's all, well, I'm under grace, I'm under grace. But it says that if we continue to sin, we begin to walk out of God's grace. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey all my commands. Church, we have to get a hold of this. No one is perfect in this room. I'm not telling you I'm perfect. I'm just saying, don't let the devil destroy this area of our lives. Amen? We have to allow God to get us out of this thing. You see, when deception begins to take over, we begin to put masks on. And we come to God, we have our church mask. And we have our, our sinful mask, or whatever mask. And we come to church and put on our, face, our fake mask. God sees through our mask. You can't fool God. You might fool yourself. You might be deceived. But God sees through that stuff. He says, I want you free. I want you to be, I want you to be holy as I'm holy. You see, immorality, listen, immorality opens the door to deception. Do I really need to give a lot of examples? Look at all the disgraced public figures. Again, I have friends that we started in the ministry and they're not in the ministry today. It breaks my heart because they fell into the deception. It affects everything that you do. Our society is deceived and it's trying to deceive us. I'm not going to get off on the gay agenda, but they're trying to lie to us about that. Don't believe the lies of the world. In fact, here's what 1 Timothy 4 says. The Spirit clearly says that in later times, some will abandon the faith and follow deceiving spirits, things taught by demons. Who's teaching this? The demons. 2 Timothy 4.3 For a time will come when men will not put up with sound doctrine. Instead, to suit their own desires, they will gather around the great number of teachers to say that their itching ears want to hear. The world has already gone that way. And sadly, some churches are starting to go that way. Church, we've got to get back to the gospel. We have to get back to standing with God. You can't fool God. And God sees the destruction. He sees the brokenness. He says, don't go down that road. Please don't go down that road. Young man, young lady, if you have some, someone tell you, hey man, if you love me, you'll do it. That's lust. Love says, it. we'll wait. We'll wait. Amen? Don't believe the lie. Well, you're, just, you're going to be marked as a, you're going to be marked as a no, you know, no fun. I'd rather be marked as no fun than have letting the devil have his way in my life. Young people, don't believe that lie. It's vital. It's vital that we get this control through the Holy Spirit. James 1 talks about the temptations. It just leads to, just write this down because I don't have time to read this. James 1, 13-15. It begins again with looking. It begins with playing with the temptation. And then it leads to death. Don't go down that road because the devil's lying to you. Number six. Number six. Impurity will affect your future. Impurity will affect your future. No matter what the devil says to you, just say, man, I have a divine destiny from God. And know that he's trying to tempt you. Know that he's trying to make you fall. Know that he's trying to make you lie, to, to fall into this lie. You see, Joseph, Joseph could have made a case, hey man, here I am, I'm stuck in this prison, I'm, I'm a slave to, to, to these people of Egypt. No one cares about me. My family uh, has abandoned me. No one sees me. He could have said, God doesn't care and, and all that stuff. He could have made a case convincing to make him think, it's okay. You see, he was a, a slave and slaves are not allowed to have property. And, and, and slaves, if they got married, their, their wife and children are the, the property uh, of the master. So he could have said, you know what, I, it doesn't matter. I, you know, hey, I'm in Egypt. I'm going to do as the Egyptians do, right? You know that? When in Rome, do as the Romans do? Don't follow that lie. You see, Joseph said, you know what? God has a plan for my life. And sure, no one sees but me and Potiphar's wife. But he says, you know what God sees? I know. 
She knows. And immorality is destructive and it's, it's disobedience to God. And disobedience to God will make me lose my destiny. You have to tell yourself that. Amen? Friends, don't listen to the lies of the devil. God wants to redeem you. He wants you to have a future. Why do you think the devil's tempting us in this area every day? Because he wants to destroy our destinies. He doesn't want us to be redeemed. He doesn't want us rescuing other people. He wants us to fall to the trap. So what's the answer? Thank God there's an answer. What's the answer? Number seven, what is the answer? Overcoming temptation that surrounds you? Joseph, day by day, trusted in God. Joseph, day by day, leaned on God's strength. Joseph, day by day, reminded himself, God has a destiny for my life. Young man, young lady, when you're tempted and you're in that place and there's no one there, just sort of say to yourself, God has a divine destiny. I do not want to lose my divine destiny for a moment of pleasure that I'm going to regret. You will regret it. Don't let the devil lie to you. You see, Potiphar's wife tempted Joseph day by day. And every day Joseph leaned on God for strength. And when temptation became too great for Joseph, he ran away. Don't be afraid to run away. Who cares about what they call you? It's better to be called a name than to fall. Run away from temptation. If your friends are always going down that road, run away from them, young man, young lady. Adult. Married person, single person, run away from your friends that are going down the wrong road. The secret to gaining victory in this area is walking and trusting God day by day. Day by day you have to pray, amen? Day by day you must fill your mind with the Word of God. You must, you must. You have to read, well, I'm pastor, I'm busy. You're not too busy. Come on, can I just be a pastor to you? Turn off the stupid TV. Turn off the computer. Put your cell phone down. Get in the Bible. I'm serious because I love you. I'm tired of Christians not knowing the Word of God. I'm tired of you falling for the ways of the enemy. Get in the Word. You want to be free of temptation? Get in the Word. The Word is life. I know you don't hear me preach like this, but you've got to get in the Word. We all struggle. We're all busy, but you make time for what's important in your life. Come on, eight hours of TV, that's too much time. Four hours of TV time, I don't have time for God. One hour of TV time and say you don't have enough time. That's a lie. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 10 minutes a day in the Word is much better than allowing the devil to lead you down to the path of destruction. The Bible says, what profit is it for man to gain the whole world but yet lose his soul? Do you see what the devil's trying to do? Don't listen to the lies anymore. Because be careful. Well, I'm, I, I can, I'm, I can with, withhold temptation. Be careful that you don't fall. Get in the Word. If you're in this bondage today, I'm here to tell you, you know, you can run to God. Don't run from Him. Run to Him. He's not going to beat you. He wants you free from this. Amen? Come on, say, God wants me free. He wants you free. Christ paid the price for you to set you free. Satan doesn't want you free. He doesn't want you confessing. Confession is the fastest road to recovery. Confess it every day. God, I have a struggle. God, I'm tempted. God, I failed. God, help me. God, help me. God, help me. And you know what? God will help you. When you run from Him, He can't help you because you're running from Him. He wants to, but you can't. You see, we live in a sensual society that will constantly tempt us. Take heed. Listen to this Hebrews 12. I, you've got to hear this. I'm going to read it. Hebrews 12, 14 through 17. Make every effort to live in peace with all men and be holy. 
Listen, without holiness, no one will see God. See to it that no one misses the grace of God and that no bitter root grows up to cause trouble and defile many. Verse 16, see that no one is sexually immoral. God is saying, don't do that. Without holiness, you cannot come into God's presence. You cannot keep your relationship with God if you keep falling, if you keep listening to lie. Again, God will redeem you. Run from it. Because here's the sad thing. Listen to this. Or godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance rights as the oldest son. Afterward, as you know, when he wanted his inheritance, his blessing, he was rejected. He could not... He could not bring about no change of mind. Oh, sorry. He could, he could bring about no change of mind, though he sought the blessing with tears. Young man, young lady, married man, single woman, don't sell your destiny for one night's worth of pleasure. Come on, church, amen? We're all tempted. No one in this room is exempt. Don't sell short. Don't be like Esau. Don't let your appetite destroy your future. You're not an animal. You are a wonderfully, beautifully made creature. And God has great plans for you. Even though you may have messed up, God is a redeemer. Otherwise, we would all be burning in hell if that wasn't the case. No one in this room is perfect. Would you stand with me this morning? God, would you help the church to be free? Lord, I know this was a tough message. And God, I I really don't want to call people up here. I want you to deal with all of us. Because none of us in this room are perfect. Some of us are pure and holy, but Lord, keep us pure and holy. Some of us in this room have made mistakes. Lord, would you help us to be free of these mistakes today? And Father, let us be reminded that the eternal is forever. And if we will just keep that in mind when we're tempted, we will run, God. We will predetermine before the temptation comes. We will say no. We will run away. We will do what we need to do. And day by day, we will lean on you for strength. So Lord, deliver the church, the church in America, the church that will deliver us from the perversion of the world. The lies of the world. God, forgive us for viewing things on the internet, on the TV, and, and, and in, the, in the magazines, or, or lustfully looking after people. Lord, wash us with your blood and purify us, because without holiness, no one will see God. And we are made holy through the blood of Jesus. And Lord Jesus, help us to control our appetites. All of our appetites, God. We are not animals. The Bible says that God gives us a spirit of self-control. We can control what we watch, what we do, what we eat, where we go. We can be in control. So God, we humble ourselves and we come before your sight. Lord, you're wanting a pure church without spot or wrinkle. That only happens through the blood of Jesus. Lord, would you wash us this morning? Lord, I'm not going to have an altar time unless you want to open it up and move people here, God. But I want you to purify us. Friends, God is going to deal with you right now. I'm going to give you a moment to be quiet. I'm going to quiet out and maybe worship team come up or you can put a slow music, something in the background. Just quiet, not real loud today. Quietly in the background so that we can just get before God and we can allow Him to speak to us. If you failed, God can redeem you this morning. Father, would you begin to move? Spirit of God, would you clean us? Would you cleanse us? Jesus, would you, would you wash us with your blood? Wash our minds. Wash our spirits. Wash our bodies with the blood of Jesus. Let us be pure and holy people, God. We don't want to listen to the lies of the devil anymore. Spirit of God, move right now. I'm going to be quiet because God is speaking to you about some things. Would you just let him speak to you and then ask for his help? Speak to us, Spirit of God.
Friends, there's no one here perfect and holy. God wants to redeem you. He wants you to be free. You've got to get in the Word. You have to pray. You have to make fellowship more important than anything else. Get in a life group. Come to Bible study on Sunday mornings or Sunday nights. Find some Christians that you can pray with. You have to find someone to be accountable to. And here's, here's something God wants to say to you. For you to be free of this temptation, you have to personally confess it to God and you have to renounce it. You've got to say, God, I confess this sin. You don't have to do it right now, but you can do it quietly in a moment. Just say, God, I confess this sin. Whatever you're dealing with, say, I confess this sin. And then you have to verbally say out loud, I renounce this in my life in Jesus' name. And then thirdly, you have to say, Satan, get out of my life. I break this bondage in Jesus' name. So first, you have to confess it to God. Secondly, you have to verbally renounce it. Thirdly, you have to say to Satan, I rebuke you and I will no longer be controlled by this in Jesus' name. And then fourthly, you have to say, Jesus, help me. I want victory. So confess it before God. Secondly, you have to renounce it with your voice. In the name of Jesus. Thirdly, then say, Satan, you no longer have a bondage in my life. And then fourthly, say, Jesus, help me overcome this. I am your child. Father, help us to do those things. Help us to confess and repent of our sins. Help us to renounce it verbally. Help us then to speak to the devil and say, we are not controlled by this anymore. And then, Lord Jesus, help us to call on you to wash us with your blood and give us your spirit to overcome this thing. Because, God, you want a church that's pure and holy. And we've listened to the lies of the devil about sexuality too long. Your word gives us it. You want us to enjoy it in our marriage life, God. And the devil's trying to destroy generations of people. He's already done that to lots of people. But Lord, we want to redeem this time. Wash us right now. Forgive us, Father God. And let us set up another generation of young people who will be holy and pure and they will not fall to the lies of the devil. If we have fallen, you're our Redeemer, Jesus. Last things, friends, with your eyes closed, your heads bowed. Maybe you came to this church and you've heard about this Jesus. I've got to give opportunities. And you say, you know what? I need this Jesus. I want to accept him as my Savior. I want to be free of the world that I've never made him my Savior. With your eyes closed, your heads bowed. If that's you, say, I want, I want to make Jesus the Savior of my life, the Master of my life. Would you just quickly raise your hand and say, that's me. I accept him. I want to accept his salvation today. Okay, I trust that everyone's in the Father, I, I pray that you fill your church with your spirit. 